Cantaré, danzaré, gritaré por mi rey, no podré esconder el gozo en mi ser. Cantaré, danzaré, gritaré por mi rey, no podré esconder el gozo en mi ser. Y aún más, en lo que se de amor por él. Soy un loco por mi rey, y aún más, en lo que se de amor por él. Soy un loco por mi rey, y más en lo que se ve de amor por él. Soy un loco por mi rey. Y aún más en lo que se ve de amor por él. like to see some of you guys get up here and try that <laughs> I that's just a, a little touch of the excitement of being involved in ministry and we can be involved in ministry locally or, or globally it's a joy to be a part of God's family isn't it he's forgiven us he's given us hope and purpose so we want to lift up our songs of praise to Him. Let's stand and let's praise Him for His goodness. We were once lost, right? Now we've been found. Here we go. When we were lost, once, you were the shepherd and carried us home. When we were prodigal, to meet us with open arms 
All right, Bucket Brigade, let's go. Let's set up some chairs here. Just hand them down. Just hand them down. Hola, hola, hola. Good morning. That was a favorite saying of our missionary Julio when uh, we'd show up in a neighborhood to have an event. And he had a port- little portable speaker. He could Bluetooth songs to it from his phone or from Starla's phone or whoever's phone. And we'd crank up the music and he'd start chattering away in Spanish to draw kids in. So... But I would like to, uh, first off, thank all of you so much for your prayers and your support. The trip would not have been possible without all of you. And we just, we had a blessed trip. Yeah, we all had a few stomach issues while we were there, but, you know, our bags all got there. We all got there. We made all of our flights and our vans and our buses and everything else. So it just, everything worked out the way the Lord had planned for us. So thank you very much for that. So this morning what we'd like to do is Starl and I will give you a little bit of a a kind of an overview of of what we did. And then the the kids are going to share a little bit about how the trip impacted them or what they saw. And and then Pastor Brandon will will wrap things up. So uh, let's see. You get to see how shaky my hands are this morning. Um, obviously, whoops, not that button. From Nevada all the way to Peru. Is that? I'm trying to cover the whole whole country there. There we go. Not nervous at all. Everybody. So. This this is roughly where we were, about six hours from Houston. So, anyways, here we all are before we left again, and then uh, here we are, hopped on the plane in Houston to fly to Lima, where we took a couple of vans and uh, went over to a bus station where we spent several hours waiting for the bus which is in the, oops, right there. And then we hopped on these two little vans, and the kids started to get proficient at the Bucket Brigade because we moved luggage like 15 times the first day we were there. So then uh, once we got there, we had kind of a, a dual mission, if you will, while we were there. We were there to do outreach in the local neighborhoods and share the gospel. But we were also there to train the youth of the church where we were staying, the Christian Mission Alliance Church. And they wanted us to train them, not only their youth, but but their entire congregation. And so we had events at the church where... We went over the wordless book using the bracelets or face painting or nail polishing. So that's 
kind of what we're doing here, one aspect of what we did was, was doing some training for those folks at their church, predominantly their youth, which was a little bit of a challenge. You know, we have a, a well-oiled machine here we spent since August, you know, working together and then to show up there and say, all right, here's 20 other kids we want you to meld into your group and, and train them, not only train them, but use them in our outreach. So, And we did five of these outreach events where we went to, some people were calling them villages, but really we were in a fairly large city. We were going to different neighborhoods in that city. Um, and we did stuff like play games, mostly Awana games. And we shared a Bible story. And then we shared the gospel using something like the, the wordless book bracelets. And this picture of some of the kids we were ministering to in, in our group. And then this is just a little different. Can we take some of the lights down maybe? I don't know if you can. This, this is pretty much a dirt alleyway between a bunch of, bunch of houses. So that's where we had to, to play games. And that's where uh, some of the flexibility of our team really showed through. And that, okay, you have this space, and now you have this space. So it was show up on the fly. Okay, we're doing this here. We're doing this here. We're doing this there. And they all, you know, just kind of hop to it and put it all together. And, of course, you know, we got to try some new foods. This is purple goo. <laughs> they say it's made out of purple corn. I don't know. It was purple and gooey. And this young man... Diego, we're about ready to start games, and so, again, as I said, we're kind of training them, helping them along, doing outreach, and we started to involve them more and more in, in our outreach events. Hola, mi nombre es Estrella. Buenos dias. Es un hermoso día, ¿sí? All right, all right, I'll talk in English. Okay. Anyways, um, just to piggyback on what Carl had to say, thank you so much for the opportunity and uh, your prayers. We uh, coveted them, and it was an amazing experience. So to transition from what he was saying, we did those five um, villages or towns in Chincha. Um, we also put on was like a VBS program in the church, and so this is actually one of the slides of the stories that we previously did in the towns being acted out on a more personal level at the VBS, and this was, um, I think, the fiery furnace. Whose lesson was this? Dalton's lesson. So this is how they acted out this for the kids. It also gave the kids that were there at the VBS um, an opportunity to be engaged and to be a part of the lesson. So at, at the uh, towns that we went to, we, were planned, we, we planned to have crafts. This is where our flexibility came in. We had no time for crafts. We had a set station, a set time, how long we could be there. And so basically we were able to do our games and our um, wordless book and some songs, and it was time for us to move on. So most of our crafts were saved for our VBS. 
you can tell just by these two right here that they are very intently working on their crafts. I have never seen a table of 40 people so intently working on crafts. And I believe later on when you see the slides, you'll see they are just quiet. They are doing it with perfection. The little ones weren't even coloring outside of the lines, and they were just intent on what they were doing. It was amazing to watch. So this here is going more towards, it's towards the end of our trip, and um, as Carl said, I almost called him Carlos because he was Carlos in Peru, um, as well as Samuel, and you were Susan, except <laughs> then they remembered that she was Sarah, and it was Sara. So anyways, um, this here is Austin explaining to some of the Chincha kids, which are from the church that we stayed at, the... Um, uh, Thank you. The Evangelicube that uh, described the gospel. And so our children were training them how to use it. And this is just one of the groups. There was 10 or 12 of these groups in our small little church that we were staying in doing the exact same thing. This is where it came into play. This day here, we had a flash mob, essentially. Um, this morning was supposed to be free time. And we were all looking forward to free time. Again, we are flexible. We were told, no free time today. You will go to the plaza, you will sing, and you will share the gospel. And this is what happened. We weren't sure whether the police were going to let us, but we just proceeded. We got there. The police came and said, do you have a permit? We did not have a permit. He said, let me go check. So while he went to go check, we proceeded to do our songs. <laughs> Two of them. The kids did a great job. We had planned to have the Evangelicube be um, shared with the gospel message from the little stage there. It wasn't little, the stage there that you see. But they decided to break us into groups with Chincha kids and with American kids and to walk, to walk around to people, groups of people on park benches and just sitting in the plaza area and share the gospel. And that's what you see here. This plaza was huge. And um, it was just uh, two blocks, like walking distance from where we were staying. And groups like this, I believe that's Sophie. Yes, and she's got two Chincha girls with her, and it was amazing to watch them share the gospel. They didn't really understand each other, but the Chincha kids knew what they were saying, and Sophie knew what she was saying. So Sophie could say it, and then the Chincha kids could turn around and share the gospel in their native language with the people there. It was amazing. We did have a little bit of free time and some downtime. So, so Dalton is on the bottom. And all you can see is Austin's elbow. And then there's Nathan. And then there's Fernando. Fernando was the grandson of the pastor of the church. He brought in his grandson and granddaughter from Lima to spend the week with us. And um, these children bonded very much with those two kids because they spent day in and day out with us. Ah, Inca-Cola. I don't know what I can say about this except it's really good. And it's only native to Peru. In fact, I just ordered a bottle on Amazon, $10 for a two-liter bottle. Not cool. I won't be doing that very often. But it was the native drink there. We got spoiled with it. Um, Julio showed up with a two-liter, actually, it's a three-liter bottle, I believe, um, kind of the last minute as a treat for us to have one of the last days we were there. So if you ever want to know what it tastes like, you can get it on Amazon, but it's expensive. So um, this picture here, they did have farmlands, um, so just a little bit of the... Uh, the area that you can see, farmlands were few and far between. We did go to one village that was in a farming community. You could tell because there was green everywhere. They had crops around them. Most of Peru looked like Sand Mountain. 
this is what we saw outside the bus, this is what we saw driving around that was the, the non-populated areas. We had a three-hour bus drive between Chincha and Lima, and a lot of this was what we saw. One side was the ocean, and the other side was sand. So this, we are in Lima. It's somewhere between midnight and 2 a.m. when we are waiting to get on our return flight home, starting our leg home with our um, longest flight to be first this time, our six-and-a-half-hour flight first. So we're all sitting there kind of uh, just grouped up and ready to go. And then here are we. Here we are coming into the uh, Reno airport with our church family in front of us, welcoming us home. We're all coming down the escalator. And that's it. So now we're going to have our youth explain something to you that either God spoke to them, something that stood out to them, um, and something maybe that they'll take with them and be able to um, use from here on out with their experience in Peru. All right, so uh, like she said, we had to like combine with this uh, other youth group from this other church, and so I personally, um, when we fir- when they first showed up, uh, we showed up, and there were a bunch of kids there, and they said welcome to all of us, and that was like the beginning of their youth group. Well, I wasn't expecting to spend like any time with like any of these kids. I thought it was more like a high, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, we'll have a few for like that'll come to the villages or the neighborhoods with us so eventually um it got about what nine o'clock in the morning all of a sudden just a bunch of kids started arriving it was about 15 20 kids a day from this church and the pastor was saying there would be like four or five Uh, (laughs) so all these kids started showing up um there was a few of them that i like really got to connect with and it was fernando and this um uh, two little boys. One's name was Noises, which I called him Noah, and then this other boy's name, which was Diego. Uh, Diego was the one that um, eventually helped. We went to a, a village, and he actually did games. And that he was like really shy at first with the whole thing, and then eventually we actually got to like talking, which is weird because I speak English and he speaks Spanish. Um, we got talking and. Uh, eventually I got to talk with him a bit and talked about how his life is just a bit different than mine, obviously, and that thing. And it's crazy walking around. You see, like, these are middle-class villages, but yet they're, like, dirt roads and broken-down buildings. And so I thought that was that was crazy. And just the opportunity to be able to go see these kids was fantastic. And... uh yeah. <laughs> Who's next? You're next. So we'll just go yeah. down the line. Hello. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a little story. So in Peru, I had a great opportunity to share the gospel, like, one-on-one with this lady. So we were in one of the villages, and, like, we had done the games and crafts already, and the craft was the wordless book bracelet. And after everything was done and everyone was leaving, this little old lady came up to me and she held my hands. I was really nervous and scared and I couldn't understand what she was saying because obviously it was in Spanish. So my dad was right beside me, so he called for uh, one of the translators. So Carol came up. She was one of the translators. 
And she said that the lady thought that the bracelets were like amulets and that they were magical. And so she thought that it could help her uh, be less lonely because her son had just moved away. And so Carol told me to explain what the bracelets meant. And so I got to share the gospel. And uh, I had a lot more confidence after that because I knew I had the ability to share the gospel and not mess up, I guess. So during the trip, I got a spiritual reminder. We were about three hours into the trip, and we were in the San Francisco airport. And a guy walks up to Mrs. Green and Mrs. Hurley and asks if we were on a mission trip. And they said, yes, we are. And and uh, his girlfriend was having some spiritual troubles, but he said he wasn't a believer, and he wanted one of us to text his girlfriend because he didn't know what to say to his girlfriend. And so Mrs. Hurley sent a text to this woman, and then Mrs. Hurley asked, can we pray for you? And he said yes. And so Mrs. Hurley and Mrs. Green prayed over this man. And the reminder to me was that we're always serving the Lord. You know, we were in the San Francisco airport. We're nowhere near our ministry area, and yet we were still serving the Lord. There's uh, wow, so much happened. I don't really know where to start. Um, I just I would also like to say thank you to you all and to the team because um, first few days were kind of hard for a lot of us. I got like the I got a pretty bad cold while we were there and I was having some trouble and like not feeling 100 percent and feeling like I should be doing more than I was. Um, but they were all there and when some of us couldn't go to the communities because we were so sick, we just laid in bed. Uh, people filled in and they were so reliable and so helpful and so it was great just to know that you could put all your trust in your team and that your team was putting all their trust in God because God pulled us through when he gave us strength when we weren't strong enough to do it ourselves and when we thought this day is never going to end and it just some, some of them felt pretty long but he was there with us the entire time and the team was there to support you and so I'm grateful for all of you and for everything that we did together. Um, it was a great opportunity just to be able to do this, to go and share the gospel with 293 people, and 81 of them said that they had accepted Jesus, as far as we know. Uh, so that was a blessing. And uh, my, my favorite reminder that stuck with me throughout the entire week was um, Mr. Beheimer said, we do the sharing, but God does the saving. And it was hard because you're only there for a week, so you don't really get to see the fruits of God's labor. And like all that you did, you didn't get to see a lot um, come out of it. But but you know that he's still there. He's working in Peru, and uh, those kids are still there in Jinja. And so we will continue to pray for them, and we will continue to share here. <clears throat> oh, okay. So um, I just, again, wanted to thank you all because, honestly, I never thought that I would have been able to get this, or I don't think I would have ever been able to have this opportunity to go on this missions trip, especially out of the country. Um, And even having my mom and my sister and some of my closest friends aside with me was amazing. And I will forever um, remember this experience. And something that 
um, was really brought to my attention while I was there is a lot of us don't really, I don't think a lot of us um, actually understand how privileged we are here and how much we take for granted compared to different parts of America. Because like Dalton was saying, like one of the, some of these pictures are middle-class villages, which is pretty good here, but there it's shacks and dirt and brick. And so God really opened my eyes that we take a lot of stuff for granted, and it's just unbelievable to see their conditions there um, are the same here, but how much better off we have it here. And so that's something that was really um, brought to my attention. And then another thing that I really had to um, deal with was, I mean, flexibility was a big thing. A lot of us, there's one day in particular that, a lot of us got sick, and Dalton, Nathan, and I in particular, and even Mrs. Hurley had stayed home from one of the vi- vi- villages, and so that was four people down out of our team of 13, and a lot of people had to fill in, and just the fact that after people stayed, I say home, but stayed at the church after we were sick, and a lot of people were able to step in, and I, Nathan had a story for that day, so Austin had to do his story again, then I did mine later on that night. And um, just to see how much God is in control and how much of the team um, was able to step in and be able to do the things that some of the other kids were supposed to do. Um, It was just really an eye-opener about, um, whoa, there's a picture of me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we definitely had a great time there, but it it was an amazing opportunity and amazing experience and um, another thing that I really was able to be able to see was um, how many times we really or how many opportunities we actually have to share the gospel. And a lot of them we don't jump on. Like there was one time where I was um, in the plaza and I had the Evangel Cube and I had two people, two of the Chincha kids with me. One of them was named Jennifer and I can't remember the other one. But Jennifer, Jennifer, I really, Jennifer and I really clicked and so she was some... She was one of my, like, really good friends that I made there. But just standing there, a little boy came up to me, and he pointed to the Evangel Cube, and he's like, he had asked what that was. So right then and there, I knelt down, and I was able to share the gospel. And it was amazing. Like, I didn't think I'd be able to, out of nowhere, just sit down and start telling this little boy about Jesus. And um, it just really was brought to my attention how many opportunities that we have to share the gospel, but we don't jump on. And so... Taking from that experience, um, I just there's a lot more opportunities that we have to share the oppor- to share the gospel that I need to jump on because you can share the gospel with the littlest phrase or just the start the littlest of an introduction and it can lead you to so much more and so that was really cool being able to do that and I shared the gospel multiple times and it was really fun and I had chincha kids beside me and being able to say something and then have them not really understand but then know the gospel themselves and being able to basically say what I'm saying but take it into their own words it was just amazing to see how much God worked in both of us and yeah Uh, I would just firstly like to thank God for the opportunity to have been able to go to Peru and uh, to have been able to share the gospel with everyone there. And uh, on about the the first day, we just we showed up and they welcomed us into the church with signs, and uh, that was the first time that we got to see some of the kids that were in the youth group. And uh, I mean, right, it just made me realize that right upon entry, I could tell that 
this trip was going to be the best. And uh, the second day, I got sick, and uh, I missed the chance to be able to go to one of the villages, and uh, that wasn't the best, but... Uh, the next, uh, that was also the day that I was supposed to be giving my speech, and when they came back, I was feeling better, so I was able to watch some video that they took of, uh, Pastor Beheimer giving his speech, and, uh, it helped me with the one that I gave later the next day, and, uh, the next day we went to uh we went to the um what village did we go to? The I can't remember the name of it. But uh we started out thinking that we weren't gonna have very much room. And we were like, Okay. So it that was when I truly realized that it really didn't matter how much room we had because we would always be able to adapt and just overcome that. Because we were a team, and I'm very glad that everyone that came with us on this trip was with was there because I wouldn't have been able to do that without each and every one of them. And it was just amazing to be able to see the way that God worked in on this trip, not only in the way that uh, we shared the gospel, but in the way that you could see the children learning it and taking what we were saying and using it because when we were in that plaza and we had the evangel cubes and the bracelets and we went around talking to other people i had i was in a group with fernando and uh one other chincha uh male that was the same age as me i forgot his name and uh we were walking around and fernando looked at me and he said so what are we going to do now and i said well we're going to do what we came here to do. We're going to spread the gospel. So we walked, we approached this fam, uh, these two women and her children, and uh, we started talking. We, I asked them if uh, they had the time so that I could speak to them, and they said yes. So I was able to uh, spread the gospel right then and there, and uh, that was a fantastic opportunity. And thank you. Okay, so when Mr. Brennan said that uh, there's going to be kids that were nervous to talk, I was definitely one of them, so please bear with me. I'm very nervous. Um, one of the things that came to my attention when I was in Peru is um, how much God is in control, which Marley already stated that, but um, with the language barrier, it was a lot more um, open. It wasn't as personal. And I was thinking, I started doubting the first day we got there because I realized how hard it was to, like, speak to them when I didn't speak their language. And then I heard about how many people got saved, and I, like, got hope again because I didn't realize that um, God was in control while doing that. And I now realize that he was, and I'm very thankful for that. And I'm going to share a story about one of our translators, the same translator that Sophie was talking about. Her name is Carol. So me, Nathan, and Carol were in a taxi on the way to a supermarket. And out of nowhere, Carol just starts telling this dude about the gospel, our driver. And I was very surprised. And all of a sudden, she just, like, asked Nathan for his bracelet. And he gives her 
um, his bracelet and she starts sharing the gospel and I was it was amazing to watch because this guy was just driving but he wasn't distracted by his driving he was listening intently and I thought that was great and after that like Carol went to give his um, Nathan's bracelet back to him he was like no give it to him and that guy was thankful and it was great to see and I think that we all miss out on opportunities to share the gospel um, more than we realize definitely there are opportunities everywhere you look and that's what opened my eyes So it was a very exciting trip, as, uh, as you heard. And there are a lot more stories in the pictures up there. We could tell a story with each one of those pictures. Uh, that would take a long time, um, but there, there's a story with each one. And so it was, a, it was a very neat experience, very encouraging experience for me as a dad, as a youth pastor, and uh, to, to be able to go with, uh, with all of these guys that we, I mean, have worked long and hard. We met a lot. And uh, I mean, for a while it was every other week, and then it became almost every week. And we were working hard on this, and then we got to see the benefit of that when we got there. And we would uh, roll into this little neighborhood, and we'd look at the surroundings to see how we were going to do our games, and we would have to make decisions that were pretty rough and uh, as far as how we're going to utilize our space and things like that and and uh, we got to see everybody work together and and make decisions and okay we're not going to do it that way we're going to do it this way and we'll change this and all right that's how we're going to do it and let's go and it was it was that simple you know and and uh, anyone who works with people knows that uh, sometimes you know like change is hard right well things changed 50 times a day you know every plan we made was out the window what time are we leaving? Oh, such and such time. No, that's, <laughs> that's not when we're leaving. And, uh, and what's it going to be like when we get there? No, that's not what it's going to be like. And, and everything was different, right? And so it was encouraging to me to, uh, to be able to go with these guys and, and kind of roll with those punches and not just roll with them like, ah, I guess we'll make do. But it was, uh, it was exciting. Like, okay, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this. And there's, uh, there are some pictures kind of scrolling by of a, this little dirt lot where we were ministering and it was probably, I've been trying to, to guess, the dirt lot was probably a quarter of the size of this stage. And it was down a dirt alleyway and it was just a little lot, like a tiny little lot. And, and uh, we were looking at it at first and we had some ideas and games in mind. And then we were looking at how that lot got used typically and we probably didn't want to be throwing beanbags on the ground on purpose. So we changed up this and changed up that and did some completely different stuff and had a great uh, game time there. And so when I, you know, when I walk into the fellowship hall over here and I see the Iwana circle and all the room we have and all the stuff, you know, the options and, and, uh, we did the same stuff, but it looked very different. And so I, I'm, I'm proud of these kids. I'm proud of our whole team to be able to work together like that was exciting. And we could tell story after story after story on that stuff and don't get us started or we will, and you won't ever get out the door today. <laughs> so, but, um. But you know, I was reading in the book of Acts this morning, Acts chapter 14, and, and uh, Paul and Barnabas had been on their first missionary journey, and when they came back, they went back to the church that sent them, and they told them stories. They told them what God had done. And that's an encouraging thing, to hear back from missionaries and hear back what God has done, what He's doing in those different places, how He used these people. I mean, we're, you know just how regular people we are, and God used us in, in great ways in Peru. And that's, that's a sign of Him working, not a sign of our greatness, because we don't have any. But God was using us. And so, um, and so we see this example 
uh, in, even in the book of Acts, just as I was reading this morning, that reporting back to the church and encouraging the church about what, what went on, what the Lord did, is a biblical thing. It's an encouraging thing, and so um, that's, that's what we're doing. I, uh, there are various things that I, that I wanted to talk about regarding our team, regarding the trip, and, and how the Lord used us. Uh, I got to speak three or four different times, uh, once to kids and then three times to the, uh, uh, to, at the church there, and um, just spoke about the gospel and was kind of reminding myself that, uh, you know, of all the things you could speak to an entire church about, the thing that, that we really were focused on, the reason we went there was not to build anything. We didn't build stuff, and it wasn't to paint anything, and it wasn't to, you know, help in those practical ways. Those are, those are helpful things to do, but those weren't the things that we were doing. We were there specifically to preach the gospel, and, uh, and that's, worth, that's worth flying around the world to do, and that's worth staying here in Fallon and doing. That's worth taking time out of your schedule and doing, sharing the gospel with people around you. And, and the kids are all right that, that uh, we have opportunity. And sometimes it approaches you and corners you like with Sophie. I look over and this, you know, this little tiny woman who's a foot shorter than Sophie holding her hands. And Sophie's like, what do I do, you know? And uh, we don't always get opportunities like that where someone corners you and says, you're going to tell me the gospel or you're not taking, you know, you're not going, going anywhere else. And uh, it doesn't happen usually. But we have opportunities all the time. And I know for me, you know, uh, when, when uh, we had finished the same carol, the same interpreter, we had finished ministering in this one village, and it was a, a wonderful, that's Carol, oh, we just missed her. And so um, we had just been ministering in this one village, and we were all exhausted. It was in the afternoon, it was hot, and we're driving back, and we were actually in a village this time, and, and coming back, and I look over, and she's sharing the gospel with yet another driver. And, uh, and you know, she, she could have been resting. She's been interpreting this whole time. And anyone who speaks two languages knows that that interpretation process is exhausting, exhausting. And so here she could have been on break, you know, sitting in the car with her eyes crossed, but she wasn't. She was sharing the gospel with our driver who had never heard the gospel before. And so she shared with him and she used the, the, the beads on the bracelet and she gave him that and she, he had never heard it before. We have opportunities to share the gospel around us all the time. And we so often miss them because we're sitting in the car cross-eyed or because we're tired or because we're, we're going from point A to point B and, and I need to, to, you know, not talk to anyone on the way there or something. And uh, I'm, I'm guilty of that. And so uh, we have those opportunities. And we knew we were on a mission trip. And so we were trying to find those opportunities and we were looking for them. And, and we missed some and we, we took some. We have opportunities all the time in our lives. And, and I appreciated what, what Bill spoke on, Team Fallon, that really if, if we look at our lives that way as like Paul looked at his life, that he was called for the sake of the gospel and speaking the gospel to those around us at every opportunity, we would, we would find that we have opportunity all the time and we walk right past it. And so that was something that struck me enormously. There's another thing that struck me enormously while we were there. And, and I talked about this at, at, uh, at Connect Group the other night, but um, we knew we were going there for the gospel. We knew we weren't. We didn't take construction materials. We, didn't, we don't have construction know-how. Some of us do probably. 
but we, we went with the gospel and we took evangelicubes because we wanted to share the gospel and we took, you know, wordless book bracelets because we knew that's what we were going to do was share the gospel. And so I was expecting that we would do that and I was expecting we would go out into the villages and, 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 uh, and neighborhoods and share the gospel and, and uh, I was expecting all of those things. And what I, what I hadn't really caught on to was uh, Julio and Gerardo's larger plan, which wasn't just, hey, let's enjoy having these free workers in, uh, in Peru for a week and then, you know, drain them uh, of every drop of energy while they're here and then send them back home. He did, he did that. <laughs> but he had a larger plan, and that was for us to train their church, to train their youth group to do the same thing. And so I appreciated that. That showed vision and that showed forethought and that, that, is, that, that provides a lasting effect to the missions trip that we took. One week, seven days in Peru. Not, not a long time there. And what did we leave behind? Well, we preached the gospel to 293 and, and uh, 81 made a profession of faith. And is that, is that what we left there? I, I don't know. And I don't know if that's, um, I don't know if that's even going to be the largest effect. I think the largest effect will be those kids and that church who are now better equipped themselves to share the gospel. They can use beads if they've got them, and they can use an evangel cube if they've got it, or they could do it without it because they know how to do that. And, and this, this rings true, and this is what I, what I read here in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Paul is uh, writing his last letter. He's about to die, and he writes to Timothy, his child in the faith, and then he says in chapter 2 and verse 1, he says, You then, my child, be strengthened by what you have heard from me in the presence of many... Uh, Excuse me. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so you have four generations of Christians right there. You've got Timothy. Where did Timothy hear it from? Well, from Paul. What's Timothy supposed to do? So Paul, pass it on to Timothy. And what's Timothy supposed to do with it? Well, pass it on to faithful men. What are the faithful men supposed to do? They're supposed to pass it on. That right here in this one verse, verse, you have four generations. And so I'm sitting back and we're sitting back as parents and, uh, and as those who have worked with, with these youth for, for a long time now, we're sitting back and we're thinking, we have taught these students to share the gospel. We've taught them about Christ. We've taught them the Bible. We have taught them. We have invested in them. We have poured into them over all this time. And, and my short-sighted thinking was, and we're going to go and put some feet on that and see ministry in action in Peru, and it's going to be a wonderful thing. And we did, and it was. But there was another aspect to it. We have poured into these kids, and many of you have poured into them as well, and then they went and poured into others. And that was incredible. And that will have lasting impact. That, that those kids, that entire youth group, has, now has uh, what it takes to go and share the gospel. They, they have a clearer understanding of the gospel than they had before. They have tools for knowing how to share the gospel with other people. And they have experience now with having done so with these students. And so they're trained and they're ready to go. And so we, we did some training with those kids. We did some training with the church. And they got to see the, the Evangel Cube. And they got to, uh, they got to hear it explained and, and things like that. Got to, got to do some of that stuff. And so there's a church that's better equipped to share the gospel now because of our having gone there. The Lord used us that way. That's a blessing. The Lord used you that way. I mean, think about this. Here you were back here. You, you may, have, may have given some money. You may have committed to pray. You may have, you know, checked up on us on Facebook or, or whatever. And we had kind of had sporadic internet connection there. But, but you may have, you know, you, here you were back home 
holding down the fort, praying for us and having sent us and, and awaiting information, awaiting news, awaiting what was going on. And I'm here to report to you, just like Paul and Barnabas did to the church at Antioch, that God worked. And reporting that God worked in great ways, in surprising ways to me. I, I thought, I've, I've done these kind of things before. I know what it's going to be like. And I was wrong. The Lord had a better plan in mind. And I like his plan a whole lot better. So I praise the Lord for what he did through our team. And he used ordinary people who had stomach issues and other issues. And, and we weren't always on our game. And we kind of had to change plans up last minute. And we, had to, we thought we were going to have large room. And we had small room. And we thought we, had to, we were flexible. There was nothing special about us, but the Lord used us in great ways. And so the Lord used Parkside Bible Fellowship in great ways in Peru. And so I praise the Lord that he used us, and I praise the Lord for you guys who made that possible. It was expensive to go on this trip. It was, it was pretty expensive when you look at the, 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 to, the totality of what it took to send us down there. And the Lord used largely this congregation to provide for that. And so we praise the Lord for you. And we're here to report that God used us and that God was at work and there is ongoing work on the ground as a result of what we did there. And so um, that's, uh, that's our report. And there, there are a lot more stories. There's a lot more to say. But I'm encouraged and I'm challenged in the Lord. And I want you to be encouraged and I want you to be challenged in the Lord to share the gospel, to be challenged that, that when you step out, even though uh, you might be nervous. I mean, Sophie was supposed to stand up in front of this in the city square and share the Evangicube. I mean, she had Austin there as a bodyguard, so she had some, someone to lean on, you know, but, uh, she, you know, she was going to do that. With people she had, you know, that, that was a, that took courage and boldness. And, and there was story after story after story of the courage and boldness that, uh, that these, these teens, uh, and really everybody, uh, showed. What, what we didn't talk about with the, the flash mob day, we call it that, was that we were kind of waiting for the police to show up. Well, Pastor Gerardo was, was a, a cop for 30 years. And we didn't know that at the time, but he's like, here, come with us. And so he grabbed uh, Starla and one of the interpreters and Carl and me, and we went to the police station, which was right next door. He said, we're going to go share the gospel with him. So we walked in the front door and he shook some hands and he said, we're going to be here five minutes and want to share a story with you and took out the thing and, and, and let Carl share the gospel. And so Carl's standing there sharing the gospel in the police station. And there's a dude standing next to us that looked like he's dressed for SWAT, you know. And, and, uh, and he's sitting there listening to the gospel. And, and, and uh, when he finishes, he puts out his arm so that we can put the bracelet on his arm. You know, here's this. It was cool. That took courage. And then on the way out the door, Pastor Gerardo spent probably 30 seconds ripping through the, the gospel with, because one more person had, was like available. And he's like, here, I, I'm going to tell you, you know, the brief version. And, and, um, it was exciting. We were on mission, sharing the gospel. And I want to do that here. And I want Parkside to do that here. And we want to keep doing that. We want that to be our lives. We want that to be the story of us. And so um, praise the Lord for that opportunity. Praise the Lord for your faithfulness, your faithful giving and praying. We appreciate your prayer. And, uh, and we, we want to report to you that God used your prayer, he used your giving, and he used us. And so what a, what a joy. So I'm going to pray for us now and, and uh, uh, praise the Lord for what he did. And after I'm done praying, if someone uh, needs prayer, maybe, maybe you're hearing the, the word gospel 1,900 times this, and you're wondering what that is, come, come up and talk to us. Come up and, and hear about the love of Christ. Come up and hear about um, his offering of himself so that you might be made free in Christ. Come up and, and uh, share, um, ask a question. Someone will be up here to pray with you. Let me pray for us. 
Father, we are grateful for what you did. We are grateful for uh, what you are still doing in Peru and in us who went. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you chose to use earthen vessels, clay pots, and, uh, and, and you used us in great ways. And I'm encouraged, and we don't have to fly halfway around the world to do that. It was a great opportunity to do that. I'm very glad we did that. But we don't have to reserve our gospel sharing or our being used of you for those times when we are particularly, specifically, intentionally on a missions trip. But if we will identify and realize that that is our calling in life, that is our calling as a church, then we will look for those opportunities and we will see them and take advantage of those opportunities. I pray that you would do that in me. I pray that you would do that in everyone on this team and in each one in this room, that we would see our lives as being about the gospel. What what better thing could we be committed to? So I pray that you would help us. I pray that that would become true of us, that we as a congregation would be more and more and more uh, focused on the gospel, focused on Christ and the great gift of eternal life uh, because of what he has done for us, that, that we would focus on the gospel in our thoughts, in our speech, in our interactions with one another, in our conversations with people who don't yet know you. Father, thank you for this congregation who faithfully gave, generously gave, sacrificially gave so that we could go and then spent time praying, committed daily to pray for us that, uh, that, that you would watch out for us and use us. Thank you for this congregation who committed those things and, and that you were faithful to use us even though we're so weak. Father, I pray for your blessing on this congregation. Pray for your blessing on this team. I pray for your blessing on the church in Chincha. Pray for the the church in Peru. Be glorified. Use us. Shake us out of our distraction, our stupor, that we would see the gospel as worth our lives. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you and we rejoice that we got to experience what you had for us, that we got to go and do this thing and uh, pray that you would bring great and lasting result and fruit from it. We praise you and we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much.